Hi, I'm Pastor Dallas Billington, Senior Pastor here at City Church, and we want to welcome you today to our services. We hope that no matter what you're facing in life, that through the message today, through God's Word, He will truly encourage your heart. All right, good morning again, everybody. I hate when people all recognize my birthday. Lori wants to celebrate her birthday all month long, so I got to be sensitive to that when it happens. <laughs> Hey, we're glad you're with us this morning, and uh, thanks for taking time out of your week to come here and be a part of the fellowship of the church, and if you are uh, tuning into our live stream, we're glad you're with us, and if you are watching this later, we're also glad that you took the time to do that. Um, you know, I'm just going to ask everybody again, just as Pastor Ernie prayed with us this morning up here on the platform, just take a deep breath, just kind of rest here. This is a safe place, and we're glad you're with us here today, and we're glad you're tuned in. Um, it is, these are some times like most of us have never seen before. It's my understanding that there are more National Guard and soldiers in D.C. than are in foreign countries abroad right now in many places. I haven't seen that before for a time where we celebrate a president coming into uh, his place and another one leaving his place. Crazy times. You know, I, um, I also wanted to talk a little bit about we are losing our freedom of speech. We're losing it at such a rapid rate that it's almost hard to grasp. And it's hard to understand. And, it, and it's happening so quickly, and it's happening on so many platforms. You know, the news, most of the time I feel in my life generally, at least I feel like I would hear this side, and then I might hear this side. Or I would get a picture of what the whole story is. And I feel that journalism was, a, was an often an honorable thing. And today, I don't feel like we get to see the whole story. And I often feel like I saw, a, uh, I saw a video and it showed a narrative of new channels all across the country. And I feel like sometimes if I'm watching a local channel, it's just them, it's their broadcast, it's what they're doing. And the exact same wording was being said on the news channel in city after city after city after city. And, and then something that I haven't seen before is where social media platforms now feel that they're going to let you see what they want you to see. You know, you can't, you can't just look at it in the free ways that we used to look at social platforms and we just see what's going on. Now, those things are excluded. Those things are hidden, or they're not allowed to stay up. We are even seeing websites no longer being able to be hosted because they don't fit the narrative that some of these companies believe you or I should see. It's not free choice anymore. That's not free speech. I, I heard a, 
a real godly lady who's a, a national broadcaster, and she said that her husband taught her years ago, because if you're a Christian, none of us like to hear someone talk against God. We don't like to hear that. But she said, I found the importance to know that everyone, no matter what their thoughts are, they deserve the opportunity to voice their opinion. Because God's salvation, his message is not a forced message. God never says you have to do this and he forces it on us. He gives us a choice. And she said, I realized that even though I didn't like some of the things I heard negative about my Savior, that it was important that they could express how they saw it, how they viewed it, and so that I, in turn, could share my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and how he changed my life and how I have found a better way. Those things are being taken away from us. If you're not aware of it, you need to be aware of it because it's going to impact everybody and it's going to change a lot of things. Boy, this is encouraging, isn't it? <laughs> but I want to talk about it because there's a heaviness that's going on right now. You know, when I hear these things, when Lori and I are together and something will come across and I'll, I'll see something that's happened that takes away my freedom of speech or I'll see a narrative and, and immediately I start to get all tense. And, and I'm like, we all handle it different. Some of you are like me. You get, tan you get tense about it. You're not really sure how am I supposed to address this. Some of you just absolutely get angry. You start throwing things, <laughs> start getting mad. Some of you just want to go, I'm just going to go hide under a rock and just let this all blow over because <laughs> I don't really like where it's going. We all handle it different, but the reality is it's happening and you need to be aware of it. And today we want to talk about why is it happening, what's going on, and how do we handle that? What do we do? How do we navigate through a changing world? And how do we find peace and purpose at that time? So if you would, open up your Bibles today. to the New Testament to the book of Ephesians chapter 2. All right, let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you this morning. And, uh, Lord, we're thankful that we have this time. We're thankful that we have the freedom to worship you today. God, may we not take that for granted. Lord, I pray that you bless each one that's here. I pray that you will bless each one that's tuning in to take a listen to what you might have to say to us today. To help us navigate through a changing season and a changing time in this country and in the world and in our lives. God, give us insight, give us encouragement, and give us confidence in you. We ask that you bless all that's said and done for your good and your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, Ephesians chapter 2, starting at verse 1. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. Pastor Brent talked a little bit in the opening just about seeing the light. If you don't see the light, you're in the dark. You're dead. You're lost in your sins. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, 
the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others. A few weeks ago, or last month when I spoke, at the end here amongst our church family, I talked about this verse and the prince and the power of the air, which is the devil. That's what we're talking about here, Satan. And I said, you know, we're, we, we grew up and we're used, some of us are used to the term the airways. Before television, it was the radio. It was known as the airways. You'd have someone come on and go, coming to you live from the airways here today. We're going to play the top 40 songs of this day. And uh, the airways would go out. And then television is also the airways. And the internet is also the airways. You remember the saying that was written, says the pen is mightier than the sword. So now the devil is the prince and the power of the air. You know, you can think of that in different ways. You can think of it from the earth to the heavens, up to the sky. You could think that he's the prince and power of the demons. And we're in a spiritual battle and he, he's ruler over them. But I do believe he's the prince and power and the voice that we often hear. And I feel that we're hearing that and seeing it more than we have before in the past in our country today. It says, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. You know, the prince and the power of the air, the devil, and that spirit, it's been around. If we look at history, if we look at other countries, if we look at those things, that influence, that self-fulfilling power, it's always been there. It's not new. But we're seeing it in a different light than we have probably in a long time. It's the worst I've ever seen it in my life. But what's taking place? People are lost. Today, as a believer, if you've accepted the Lord as your Savior, there's a different degree that we all have this week. Tomorrow morning, we can get up and we can decide, how much am I going to live for the Lord? How much am I going to live for myself? And we see the evidence of the fruit of God in people's lives. And sometimes you just see somebody and you're like, man, I just know they're filled with the Spirit of the Lord by the way they walk. The same is true of those that are lost and don't know the Lord. There's a different level of how much do they follow the things of the devil? How much do they follow the things of the world, the spirit of the world? And how much do they work to just satisfy their own flesh? Right? So that's what's taking place. That's what we're seeing more than we've seen before. Let's read on. Verse 4. Two words. That's what's happening. That's what we're seeing. It's discouraging. It sets us all off our path. But God, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he hath loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. 
For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Church, it is discouraging. I don't know what, I don't know what we're going to face next week. I don't know what this year is going to bring. A dear sweet family member saying, reach out to us this past week and just say, I'm concerned. I don't know what this looks like. I don't know what it looks like for my children. And I don't know what we're going to face going forward. But God, and I want to remind you, church family, God created you, and he has a purpose for your life. That last verse, let's look at that again. For you are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Sometimes people have a misconception about finding peace in life and finding salvation. And some people and some religions, they try to work towards it. Nothing I can do. We read in the verses before, it's a gift of God. Works leading up to salvation mean nothing. They mean nothing. And then the works after salvation are different. We're not saved, and now all of a sudden we're part of it, and there's this prerequisite that, that we're just kind of robots and we do good works for the Lord, and that's what we have to do. My works, your works, the things that you do, the places you go, the people you see, the things that you're involved with, they're your good works that the Lord has for you. They're a testimony when you are a heating and cooling guy and you go into someone's house and a conversation comes up and you might even pray with them at their dining room table like some of my brothers have done before who are in that business. That's a good work. That's what it's meant for. Remember this, no matter what the world brings, no matter what happens, no matter as we see these things happening, God created you for good works, to do good things, and he has a purpose for it. If these times come and they become darker than we can even imagine, part of us would say, well, why don't the Lord just protect us from that? Why do we even have to go through it? Because we have a purpose. We have a purpose. There's a fact to it. Let's, uh, if you would, um, turn back to the uh, Old Testament with me this morning. And uh, let's look at Psalms 34. Psalms 34. So as we dig into Psalms 34, I want you guys to take two major takeaways from Psalms 34. If we look at Ephesians, know that God has a purpose for your life. That you each have your own places, your own families, your own circles, and you're to do good works, not because of anything else, but then to help the cause of Christ. Sometimes, have you ever heard somebody say, I, I just wish I knew what my purpose in life was. I knew what I was supposed to do. God has a purpose for all of us to live for him and to have an effect for the name of Jesus, to make a difference. That's our purpose. So now, how do we navigate something that seems out of our control? How do we handle something that almost seems like we're going into an accident? 
And whether you're this party on the accident or this party on the accident, we all handle it different. Some people get angry. Some people are calm. Some people want to pretend nothing happened. And others just, it totally throws everything off their, off their plate. They're all shook up and they can't recover. God doesn't have that for us. What's he want us to do? In times of trouble, he wants us to pray and he wants us to praise his name. If you would put up uh, the saying up there of Charles Spurgeon up on the board. <clears throat> Church, this is really important. I want you to get this. Prayer is so much more than what we casually think about it. I love what he wrote. He said, true prayer is neither a mere mental exercise nor a vocal performance. Okay, today we'll often hear, especially in the day of where people talk about new age and being things, uh, a lot is said about meditation, about self-help. Prayer is not just mere meditation. Prayer helps me meditate on the Lord. There's so much more than that. And then prayer is not a vocal performance. It's not where I pray and I speak with such eloquence that everyone goes, oh, if I could only pray like that, life would be so much better. That means nothing. The best prayers I have heard have been some Wednesday nights at a worship practice where someone who said, never prayed in public before. I don't even, I don't even know what I'm supposed to say. And I'm like, you just go before God and from your heart, you pray to him. That is the power of prayer. I love what he writes here. It's not a mental exercise. It's not a vocal performance. It's deeper than that. It is a spiritual transaction with the creator of heaven and earth. Church, prayer is powerful. Don't underestimate it. Don't, don't minimize it. When we are facing difficulties, when we're overwhelmed with the world we live in, when we don't understand it, when injustice just gets at the core of us and eats at the pit of our stomach, remember that we intervene with God Almighty in a spiritual miraculous way when we pray. Don't ever underestimate that. Let's look at Psalms 34. I want to give you a quick background on this. Psalms 34. David was in a time where the news media was not necessarily telling the truth. The leaders, they wanted to kill him. And he was in hiding. He was in hiding so bad, he felt the safest place for me to go so that no one finds me. I'm going to go to our enemies. I'm going to go to the Philistines. I'm going to hang out with them and they'll never find me. And then, while he's in the midst of the Philistines, some of the Philistines start to recognize and go, hey, isn't that David who won all the battles and people sing songs about? That's where David's at. There's a lesson for us. Where are you at today? What are you facing? Is it a time of trouble? Is it a time of difficulty? Here's what David did. 34 verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise 
shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. If you're here today and you're like, all right, so when trouble comes, just want me to just praise God. Like, this is great. I know that sounds ridiculous. But I want to give you just a real small example this past week. As you now know, my birthday was this week. So Thursday is my birthday. I get headaches sometimes. I get them seasonally and different things like that. So on my birthday, Lori and I got to have lunch together. It was great. And then I got a migraine. And it was awful. At one point, it was worse than normal. I am literally doing everything I can to keep from getting sick because I'm in so much pain and I'm suffering. And here's the truth, church. Nothing hidden. I didn't like it. I would not want to have that migraine headache. But in the, I paused and I said, Lord, I praise you. I am in a comfortable room. It's dark my house is peaceful and all is well outside of my headache. You imagine having a migraine in the middle of a battlefield or in a place where you can't go to Rite Aid and pick up something to help take that edge off a little bit. I literally had a moment where I praised God and it gave me a peace about a headache that I knew would pass. Small lesson, but important. Praise God. When the difficulty and the battle arises, praise him. Let's read on. Verse 4. I sought the Lord and he heard me. And he delivered me from all my fears. I sought the Lord and he heard me. Another word in some of the translations is I prayed to the Lord and he heard me. Remember we just learned today what we need to be mindful of. It's not just a meditation It's not some words just to be heard. It is a supernatural conversation with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he hears you. Verse 5, they looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. So what's that mean? So David's reflecting and he is thinking about the people that he has seen before who have sought the Lord in prayer and said, I need your help. And remember, just like we are facing in so many ways and we may face more and more a time of difficulty, a time of trouble. And he said, their faces were radiant. What does that mean? It means that in spite of the circumstances, in spite of the difficulties, in spite of the troubles, that there was the spirit of the Lord and a confidence. They weren't ashamed. You know, I often think of, I think of politicians and I think of people that we all know who, some of them who can't keep their story straight because they've lied so much. And then you know what it's like living with something that you know is not a truth and you're always worried, am I going to be found out? Is the truth going to come out? And and you live kind of ashamed. And sometimes you'll find somebody who's not telling the truth, they won't make eye contact with you because they're ashamed. But those who seek the Lord, David said, I saw them radiant, confident, 
confident and at peace. David refers to himself in verse 6 as this poor man. This poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. This poor man, some people might say, well, David wasn't a poor man. He had a lot of riches at times. He had soldiers all around him. He commanded groups. When it all boils down, not too many people are in the hospital when they're really, really sick. When a hospice comes, when things happen in life and they think about, oh man, I got this car, I got this house, I got how much in the bank, none of those things matter. When David looked at his situation and he looked at the humanity and his circumstances, he said, I am a poor man. And he goes, and I cried out to the Lord and he heard me. Church, is very important, this next part. He says, David says, and, he's, and saved, and the Lord saved him out of all his troubles, speaking in the third person. I was saved out of all my troubles. There is a misconception amongst Christians that if I follow the Lord, if I accept him as my Savior, and I do what I'm supposed to do, then I'm not going to have any troubles. I'm sorry. It's not how it works. You're going to have troubles in life. David had troubles. He was in the midst of trouble. We're going to face some troubles as a nation. You might face some troubles in your life. You might face some health troubles. You might face these different things. You're going to have trouble in life. But yet if you seek God, if you follow these things to know that you have a purpose and if you take the time to praise God in the midst of your troubles and you pray to him and say, Lord, I need you. Deliver me from this. He will. I'm going to share a story. If you guys would bear with me for a second. I'm going to take you back. So this is the year before God called me into the ministry. And I was working at Xerox. I was managing the billing department for one of the local headquarters. A couple people here today actually work there with me. God bless you guys. And uh, we went through a year where we wanted to streamline our processes. We kind of wanted to make things a little cleaner, a little neater. And everybody in the company was tasked to do more with less and make it work. And so this year, this particular year, when someone from my department would leave or quit or be fired, I didn't replace them. I didn't have the ability to replace them. And so, when I say this, please know, there's not, this isn't always a, an evil thing. This is life. One important lesson for all of us to remember is a business is in business to make money. And they have to be profitable, otherwise they don't need you, okay? Unless you're the post office. If you're a government-run post office, it doesn't matter. You can lose money and you can take months to deliver your mail. All right, but if you're a business, they need to make money. And what often happens in, in the world that we live in is a business may get greedy and no longer, you're no longer an employee. You're just a statistic and they want to get whatever they can from you, but yet they don't care for you. And then on the flip side is the employee who doesn't care if the business is profitable. 
They just want to do the least they can or do things their own way and they only care about themselves. But when it works right, a business is profitable, takes care of its people, and its people take care of the business, right? So I'm not saying Xerox was the great Satan, okay? I'm not saying that. I'm just going to take you through what was happening. So my department was one of the larger departments, and so we had more people that we didn't replace. And it got towards the end of the year, and I was tasked with putting together the yearly stats. And I had a PowerPoint presentation that looked like a novel. I had every stat for everything that we've done and all the results and all these things. And I was to present it to one of our senior vice presidents at the end of the year all our stats along with how are you going to further reduce staff, what's that going to look like, who are the people, and what's going to take place. So I labored with it. This was a season of trouble for me. It was difficult for a lot of reasons. One, I loved the people that worked for me. I cared for them. I had the responsibility to take care of them. I didn't feel that we could make any more cuts in our department and still do our jobs effectively. So when I do that, I think we can't take care of our customers who pay the bills and take care of us. And then if those things don't happen, then I'm failing as a manager because I can't support the company like I'm supposed to. But at the end of the day, my task was to present how am I going to further reduce staffing? What's that look like? What's going to happen? So, I prayed, and I prayed, and I labored, and I labored. And someday, church, and those tuning in, I want to tell you, there's a whole, there's a whole other piece to this story. It's awesome to see what God did. But I got to stay in my lane today because I got to keep the time here. So, time comes. I walk into my boss's office, and uh, the good news was, he usually likes to see things far in advance, but he was only going to get to see my PowerPoint minutes before we were going to go into the senior vice president's office. So that wasn't, he didn't usually like that, but he had grown to trust me. <laughs> so I walk into his office, we lay out the PowerPoint, and we're going through all these details, and we're looking through things, and we're going through the stats, and we end, and he goes, Ben, this is great. He goes, everything's good. He goes, it's detailed, it's accurate, there's so much information here. He goes, but... Um, where's the part about the main purpose we're here? That's to reduce staff and how come that's not on here? <laughs> and I looked and I said, I can't present that because I don't believe it's the right thing to do right now. I'm not saying that we can't get there, but I can't support it right now because I don't think it's the right thing to do. Not for you as my manager, not for me, not for the company, and certainly not for the employees that I care for. <laughs> and if you go, I want to give you a glimpse of what I saw. He had water on his desk. I said that. And he, he kind of, he didn't say anything for a minute, and he grabbed his water. And he took a big drink, and he slammed it down. He goes, but that's what this meeting's about. <laughs> and I go, I know. I know, but I go, I can't do it because I don't believe it's the right thing to do. And my boss was very kind. There were a lot of big meetings where we talked to the executives of the company and stuff. And one of the things that he would often say is, he goes, Ben, 
got your back. I'll support you. And this time, he looked at me and he said, you're on your own. <laughs> you're on your own. I got to protect. And he didn't say this, but in his mind, he's like, I got to protect myself from this crazy guy. And uh, again, I'm praying about this. And when we went into the senior vice president's executive office together, I was confident. I knew the Lord was with me. I didn't know what the result would be. I, I honestly had no idea. I mean, I, I was prepared for anything, even to say, and I'm sorry, Lori, to where they might have said, Ben, it's been nice having you here. <laughs> I, I, was, I was just prepared for anything because I was confident that God was in what I was doing. So we walked in, same thing. Show all these details to the vice president, senior vice president, go through everything. And then I could see my boss getting nervous. And he's drinking the water again. And he's wringing his hands and he's kind of looking around. And the senior vice president looks at me and he goes, you know what, Ben? The department's done a great job. You've already sacrificed so much. We've accomplished so much. I don't think we need to make any further changes at this time. He didn't even ask me, why did you not present that way? He just did it. We walked out of the office. And my boss, we got around the hall and he looks at me and he just goes, I don't understand that at all. And I go, I do. <laughs> I get it. And I, know, I knew that things would still change, but I knew at this moment that God would make a way. Sometimes when we go to the Lord for prayer and we say, God, I need you to answer this prayer. I need your help. Do you know sometimes the answer to prayer is you? Sometimes we have to do our part. I don't know what we're going to face in, in this country right now. I don't know what's going to happen. I know that we have to be good citizens of the United States. More importantly, we have to be good citizens of the family of God. That above all things. And when I do my part, when you do your part, when you're faithful in the work that God has for you, then the battle belongs to him. It's his. I did what I could. I was out of control for the whole circumstance. I did not have that final voice, that final authority. But God. But God. Praise team, if you would come up and we will uh, sing a song here and have an invitation. <clears throat> Today, if you are like most people, and you're afraid, or you're concerned, or you're angry, you're frustrated with what's going on in the world and what's taking place right before our eyes, and it is happening at such a fast pace, it unsettles everybody. Know that God has a plan for your life, that the devil may be the prince and the power of the air, but our God is the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. Amen. Let's pray this morning. Our gracious Heavenly Father, there's so many things in life that we don't understand. There are injustices that upset us so bad, I can't imagine what it's like for you when you see these things happening. But yet, you are rich in mercy. And sometimes these things have to happen because there's no other way that some people 
would ever look to you to change their lives. God, remind us that even though we go through troubles, and if we praise you, if we walk on a faith foundation that we have with you, and then if we seek your name and pray for your help in a supernatural way, God, you will help us through our troubles. And God, along the way, when we do those things, those around us might see the true authenticity of a relationship with the Creator where we are forgiven and free. Father, comfort all of us today as we face those challenges, as we face life, and we're not sure how we're supposed to navigate it. Help us along the way. Lord, we pray these things. We ask them together in Jesus' name. I hope Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, has spoke to you today through his word. You know, no matter what you go through, no matter what you face in life, I want you to know that through the one, Jesus Christ, through his death on the cross of Calvary, he shed his perfect blood for you and for me. And if you pray right now and ask Jesus into your heart, the message that you heard today, why God is speaking to you, I want you to know that you can have hope. And all you have to do is pray with me right now. Don't try and figure it out. The Lord says, by faith, we accept Jesus as our Savior, and you'll have hope for eternity. You say, Dallas, will you help me? What do I have to do? Well, let me share with you a verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you're willing to believe that God sent his son to die on the cross for you, just pray this prayer with me right now. And you can have heaven as your home. Jesus will forgive you for anything you've done in this life. And you can have hope from this day forward. Pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, forgive me a sinner. I believe that you're God's son. And you came and lived a perfect life. And you died on the cross and you shed your perfect blood for all of my sin. And right now, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me for all of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And from this day forward, help me to live by your resurrection power. In Jesus' name. If you've prayed that prayer, we want to hear from you. Contact us through our website, City Church AC, or you can get it our church app through any of the um, streaming services, and we want you to know that we'll contact you. And from this day forward, no matter what you face, you'll always have hope, knowing that Jesus is your Savior, and he'll come through in your life. Thank you for being with us today.